Welcome to another episode of the Jones Underground Podcast. I'm your host, Afian Jones, better known as Mighty O on Twitter. And and, and this is Shell, the one and only, uh, also known by Shells on, I'm not on Twitter, on Instagram. All yeah, right. what's up, y'all? All right, team, we got a few topics we finna get into tonight. Um... We want to get into the finale of Rhythm and Flow, what we thought about it. Um, kind of just looking back since we were kind of late, we want to kind of go into what we saw on the artists, um, where they are now, uh, what they're doing during the lockdowns and stuff. We also want to do a brief topic of, you know, just relationships, things of that nature. And uh, we can start with our, um, our final thoughts on Rhythm and Flow. Okay, so uh, you're looking at me, so I, I'm assuming he he liked to get this kicked off of my thoughts, because I guess my thoughts are a little, a little heavy. So, um, my thoughts on the final, on the finale. So, first of all, I felt that everybody in the finale definitely should have been in the finale. So, I'm definitely happy that it was Flawless, London B, D Smoke, and uh, Troy Man. Now, I was not a huge fan of Troy Man in the beginning. I sort of felt like he was an amateur, you know, a little bit. But this, like, the last two shows showed me a side of him. And I was kind of like, you know what, he is, he kind of dope. So I, I was able to kind of give that little pat, that rite of passage. But I still felt at the end, that the three main that I've been saying the whole time, D Smoke, London B, Flawless, definitely should have been there. I'm glad they were there because I felt like that from jump. Um. So getting into that, <laughs> getting into it, I'm gonna start by saying like, you know, I'm not one that watches a lot of uh, reality TV, but I'm pretty sure, you know, things were kind of heating up with Troy Man and London B. <laughs> Oh no! I don't know, and maybe I, I it's will, just in my head, but I was so like, "Why he bringing her breakfast?" You know, I'm gonna just say <laughs> that you know sometimes you could be a man and a woman and be in a strictly platonic situation, especially being that you know London B was a lesbian and she had a, a female wife, and you know she was in a lesbian family, so you know I wasn't really paying it. Well, I noticed that they sat together on the bus whenever they went somewhere. Mm, that, head length on, on, uh, on his head. So they got real cool. And sometimes I know that as a, you know, they were from the same place. Uh, they were the two that came out of Atlanta. And with London B's uh, situation, London B probably had a lot of stuff that she's going on with. Because she's the one that I say that her rapping coach had to work with her the hardest. Yeah, that's true. And with her being a single mom and her being one of the last females left, you know, she had to be going through a whole lot because this whole thing was on her family. You can see the tears coming off her makeup at the finale. And and, and Troy Man was in the back like, girl, hold your head up. You know, you didn't lose this. Yeah. Now, I can say now that kind of looking at her music, you know, She's a solid artist. She's a solid artist. But when it came to the competition she was in, Flawless and D-Smoke 
or a level above that. Yeah, you know they, they do supersede. Cause my man, when I saw Flawless in New York, when I saw that show, and I was like, you know, having already seen the smoke, I thought Flawless would be the second best in the competition, yeah. and to for the most part, he was. And then Flawless, his performance almost it put a, it pulled something out of me that mm. as a father of three kids. And somebody who had girls coming up under him, being a dad to them and stuff, it really made, it really touched a, a nerve with me because you just want your kids to grow up and know that they can do anything. Yeah. That you want to raise them into being something more than what you were. Yeah. And to see him talk about in that final song about how his kids were why he were here, that he was battling for them, that. You know, he took what he grew up and his mom watching her work hard and he applied that to himself. And me seeing my mom go hungry and, and feeding me as a kid definitely, you know, brought it back up in me when I was going through the same issue where I was missing meals to make sure that they ate. And, you know, people don't understand that, you know, as a dad and me for a minute, for a couple of years, I was a single dad with, you know, not a lot of help. It's a tough go when you have those nights where you're hungry, where, you know, you just making sure that they ate. You know, they eating seconds and you eating none. Yeah, but to see yeah. him talk about that, to see him bring that out, it just, it, it just brought that to my memory. Yeah. And so Flawless, you know, as far as the artist for me, you know, it just... He, he's one of my favorites just yeah. in his story. Yeah. Now, of course, my favorite artist is <laughs> D-Smoke, hands down. D-Smoke, <laughs> his final performance, this man came out and played the piano for a good five minutes. You know, for a good minute. <laughs> Unintended. Flawlessly. <laughs> he played the piano for a hot minute. He was rapping while he was playing the piano, and I was listening to what he was playing. This was a 736, I think it was. It, oh, my goodness. The progression was smooth. I don't know what you mean. And then to, to sit back and see where, you know, but it's not an easy progression for you to play while you're rapping at the same right. time. That was the, yeah, That was the genius behind it, not just that he could play because he played very well and plays very well. But you look at his family, you see his mom and she's playing like the same, like the same skill level, even better than he does, you know? So you can see this is something that it, it's not new. This is something he's been, you know, ingrained with in his life. And I think even in the show, he said his mom, um, had, op she was, had opportunities to sing with like, the uh, Michael Jackson, and, uh, yeah, sing behind a lot of legends, and or even Tina Turner. Yeah, and at one point she had to turn down offers because she had to raise them. She had to raise them, and you know, and that brings out another factor that you know I happen to love to hear is when people talk about. Now nah, I know I, we don't like to get into too much of a long of a struggle. You know, we want to hear their story and then keep it moving, but. One thing I appreciate is like hearing that, you know, in this situation, his father got locked up, you know, and and we don't know what the cost was. I don't think he said it, why his father got wow. locked up, but come on. I mean, at, at, it, it was a black man. Did it really have to be a huge thing? I mean, we they, wow. 
But they um, talk about when his father came home from prison, right, right, and how that stopped him from going out in the streets and gang banging, exactly, and doing yeah. a whole lot of stuff that he could have been doing in Los Angeles at the time. Right, but then right. to see that he's from Inglewood, to see that, you know, the house that he is is in, pretty much he's still in the house in Inglewood. So right, but but even with that, like the what I thought was such a great point was that his mother still guided him, even though he was like, in his mind, look, I'm about to hit these streets. I'm about to make this happen on my own. You can see that his mom still guided him, even in him making sure he learned piano, making sure he finished school, making, you know what I'm saying? These are things that he wouldn't, wouldn't have done, you know, without that strong parent. So I think, you know, as far as flawless, how he, you know, had to, conquer so many different things for the sake of his daughters. I love hearing even D Smoke's background and how his mom just was really, you know, pushing him and telling him he can be it. He can do it. You know, um, both of them in their own right, they're di very different. Flawless's style is not the same as D Smoke. No. But I think in their own right, they both did an amazing job that final show. It was so... I mean, you know I was in tears. I, I'm in tears about, I'll, I cry about a lot of stuff. I ain't no punk, but I just cry about a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm saying, I need to tell them I ain't no punk. Don't get it twisted. But, <laughs> but the truth is, is, no, like, I, you know, I was in teary-eyed, especially with Flawless. Like, it just meant so much because you, you know how, what it means to struggle and to not have and to, you know, and to see him, like, really just want his kids. And his kids were just crying. And right. his wife, who was currently pregnant, she was crying. And it was just really emotional. But moving on into the rest of the show. Yeah, but to see where they kind of are, we watched, uh, we kind of followed the the last five. Because, you know, the last six. Because I went back and I started. Oh, uh, did we tell them who won, though? Oh, D Smoke. Okay, won. so yeah, yeah, D Smoke. No, somebody was telling me that they didn't think that D Smoke deserved to win. That it was somehow that it was that probably it was rigged. probably because it was rigged or something like that. And yeah. I'm gonna just say this: I don't know what they were smoking on when they said that. Exactly because D Smoke, whether he knew somebody or not, dude is tight. And quite honestly, even if he if he knew that person outside of this competition then technically there was no need for him to really be in the competition because he could have made it outside of it. Now, I understand there's a lot of people. I think D-Smoke could have made it. But when you decide... If he, had, if he really had somebody in his family that could pull that type of rigging, if, he, if, he's at, if his cousin's at the point where he can rig it and pay off so that he wins... That he don't need the competition. It was but, only. But, but I'm gonna it say won't this. even a half of a million dollars. It was a, a it quarter was of a million. A quarter dollars. of a million. But that's a <laughs> lot. A quarter of a million dollars is a lot of money. And when I when I'm when I'm saying that, who was in the final deserved to be in the final. But when it came down to it, when we talk about your ability to make records and sell records, D Smoke is already on the ground making records and. Making it, did his records are touching people. I mean, we got some of his songs are on YouTube with five million views on them right now. Yeah, like not the, even five, ten, ten, ten one is ten point nine million. Right. So the dude, if 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 you just making money off the views you get on YouTube alone, 
you know, let alone people that's actually streaming your songs. And I just got an album uh, this weekend myself, just on the stream. Uh, he is a conscious, conscious, super conscious rapper. Yeah. And that's a win for me, you know, to see a rapper with this level of conscious. And then even watching his videos, his videos, some of them have that old school uh, black. Yeah. You know, I was looking at a, a history uh, video about the prohibition mm -hmm. and the civil rights movement and stuff. And to see that he put that in one of his videos where they was in the club and doing bootleg alcohol on the low and then they were showing pictures of people being hosed down and beating police on the screen while they're inside having a good time. Right. And that's pretty much what Prohibition was the whole time they yeah. had it. Yeah. You got these, you got a whole club full of people that are in here partying, drinking down, doing their thing yeah. to get away from the stress that they have going outside. And the, the fact that they put an old school Dudes on this bus yeah. that was in nineteen saxophone, oh. and then they had a saxophone, very jazz. And the saxophone player was oh. it was a real sample. This dude was really playing, and it was I think Beautiful. it was uh, Martin Terry Martin. But yeah. that's the whole point of just having a you got real musicians in there, and then the dude's a real musician. Right. The dude right. plays instruments. I've seen this dude play guitar. I've seen the dude play keys. Yeah. But he goes. I've seen him on Tiny Desk, and it was just him and a piano. Right, right. And he was holding it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in his home, and I know with the Tiny Desk, you know, typically when you're not in your home, if you're actually in there, the set, it, it's a little bit easier. You're able to have other players with you, which probably his Tiny Desk, I'm sure he's probably going to redo it, you know, given the chance, COVID and stuff, and they're able to open up stuff again, but... Even him doing it by himself, it was amazing. And then him being, like, there were some parts, truth be told, where he kind of stumbled over his rap a little bit. But this man is playing while on the, rapping. while he's rapping. And he's playing at a high level. You know what I'm saying? And the rapping, it's not like the rapping is slow where he can actually play and do it. He is, he is like, I, I mean, it's not speed rapping because you can hear everything he's talking about. But his uh, his pace is is faster, so and he's playing slower, which is to me fantastic. Like whoa! But um, I will say, like the at the end of the show, I sort of by that point I had once I saw D Smoke get on stage and do that, I pretty much knew. And then the song was called Last Supper, and when I say it was just it was everything, it was so, so good. But um, I sort of knew he was gonna win, but I'm glad that he that you know we ate, we finished it. But moving on from that, like yeah, we took some time and um, watched a lot of his videos. There's not one video that we haven't found that hasn't been over a million views. Um, I've seen some of the collaborations. We watched some of the collaborations that he's done with other artists, and each song is, I mean, good. I there is not one song yet. That I've heard from him that is not good that I couldn't listen to more than once which is shocking because usually you have a song here and there that you're like yeah it's okay yeah I haven't found one yet man we, we had seasons pass on repeat oh my god that song well that's my song now that's life man that's, but 
Yeah. But we was following a few of the other rappers, especially like I went back and uh, started listening to Sam Be Yourself. And I want to mm-hmm. apologize mm-hmm. on that situation because, you know, I was yeah. calling him kind of Malibu's most wanted. But he's he is a he's passionate about what he's doing and I don't wanna just make it seem like he's just another white rapper. You know, he's he's a good he's a solid artist in his own, right? Oh, that was sweet of you. And it was so I just wanna make sure that you know, <laughs> like sweet. I say, we wanna be in order on some stuff and give that man his respect. Yeah, I mean but, yeah. But but just you know, and he's another guy that's another musician. He plays instruments, multiple instruments. And, you know, he raps pretty strong. The issue, he just didn't hit. It didn't, I like listening to dude, especially when it's not a competition being placed on him or he's got to go up against somebody else. But, like I said, it's just that the competition he was up against, now I say that, yeah, he should have made it over Caleb Colossus, you know, that situation. But other than that, I could just sit here and say that when you're looking at D Smoke, Troy Man, and Flawless, I don't think they, you know, I don't think he was on that level. But as an artist, his own niche and his own yeah, fans. Yeah, as a developing artist. He is a very strong following. Yeah. And I respect, I, like I said, I want to get that man his respect. They, a yeah. lot of those artists, a lot of those people, Yeah. they came with it. And, you know. Yeah. Just, like, even, even like, I saw him on uh, Instagram, uh, I mean, he's got a pretty strong following, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, um, we saw a video. Oh, 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 was it? Old man. Uh, old man Saxon. That's not what I call him. I call him. You call him Scat Man. Uh, Scat Man Carruthers. <laughs> old man Saxon. When Scat I say he is putting in work. Now we saw one video that was kind of everywhere. It, it didn't really have a. It didn't really have a focus. But then he had he had a really he had another song that was really really and it actually got like five million views. Oh yeah, and I think that's the newer song that he's come out with. But I mean, the video itself, just looking at like the videography, was amazing. Being homeless, sleeping out your car, sleeping out your car. Who ain't been through that? I know I have. Working in the kitchen, somehow. I'm just saying, and you know. It's not easy working, you know, getting dressed in your car and having to do everything out of your car. The weird thing is, like, in the videos he's shooting, you can tell this uh, later on because he's got hair. And when he was on the show, he was completely bald. Right, right. But it's just like seeing my man do his thing, even though it ain't like, you know, it's a little all over the place, but it's still cool. Just a little bit. But, I mean, so it was good checking back in on a lot of them. Of course, we're following D Smoke, and uh, I mean everything. Really, everything he's putting out is yeah, just. He's got good. an art, he got an album um, out called Black Habits, and yeah, I was shocked. Like one of his, uh, oh man, Black Habits is okay. First of all, he has out he has two Black Habits songs. The original one we saw the video for, but yeah. the part two he we saw in his tiny desk. Both were hot. <laughs> I mean, both were so dope. So, I mean, I just, you all that are out there listening, definitely check him out. Download his whole, I download his whole album onto, you know, YouTube Music or whatever. Google, what is it? Google Music? Yeah, YouTube. Google, YouTube Music. Now. But um, download his stuff, follow him, you know, on, on, on uh, I was going to say Twitter, but I'm, uh, 
Instagram. Um, with that being said, you know, I want to bring up another topic that uh, Mighty O here <laughs> doesn't know I'm bringing up. But we started watching this show called uh, Driving in Cars uh, with comedians, Comedians. Comedians. In cars with coffee. Getting coffee. Yeah, getting coffee. And it's with, like, Jerry Seinfeld is the, like, lead. Like, he's the show host. And basically what it is is he pick he picks up this, you know, classic car, whatever it is. It could be a Mustang or, you know, a, a Vic or it could be anything, right. you know, something classic or old or, you know, very rare. He'll pick up the car and then he'll pick up uh, a comedian that's that's out. So you know we've seen a few of them. Uh, one with um, Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert, Noah. Uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, the Jim Carrey one was actually very very good. That was the first one. He had the Lamborghini. Yeah, on that one. And uh, so we watched one today, um, and it was with um, Trevor, Trevor Noah. Noah. And, you know, he, it was very interesting because I don't know if a lot of you all know, Trevor Noah is the uh, host of The Daily Daily Show. And, uh, I mean, it's an awesome show and he's hilarious. You know, Trevor Noah is also, you know, he is a native of uh, South Africa. Africa. I think it's Johannesburg. And he's a mixed race child. And he's mixed race. Yeah. So, you know, his father is uh, White. white. And Jewish, actually, part I think he's like part Jewish. Yeah. And his mother was, of course, African. So, uh, in this episode, you know, they're driving around, and you know, uh, Seinfeld just really, you know, uh, went in and started asking him, like, so what? You know, explain to me how this actually happened. You know how how did you know? In that time, because in that time frame, they were going through uh, apartheid. apartheid. So, um, well, you go ahead and break down to them, you know, what that meant during that time. Because I know one of the biggest things is uh, it's very similar to what we were going through in in racism. But you can go ahead and break down. Well, apartheid was, I say, post-slavery was probably one of the worst governmental segregation of one of the most governmental, uh, one of the most worst places where you could go and be segregated. Yeah. Like if you were black, you literally couldn't live where white people live. You couldn't, you right. had a car where you came and worked and then you had to be gone by the time the sun hits, right. by the time the sun set, which we had places in the United States that was like that, but there was no written rules. There were written rules. Where if you were black, you couldn't say and do certain stuff because they accuse you of trying to overthrow the government. Pretty much, my man said it was illegal to be black. Right. Period. And to have black views and black thoughts. It was illegal to have uh, comedians. Right. They didn't have, you couldn't tell jokes. You couldn't do none of that. And so, for him talking about his mama having to put on a maid uniform and to just to see her, you know, his father and how she had to lie about him not being her child because he was mixed and they wanted to know who, you know, who the father was. Now let's just pause right there because I was saying to him, like, how horrible is that to be a young kid and to be heading somewhere with your parent and they you get stopped by a cop and the cop is like, you know, 
uh, what are you doing with this light-skinned kid? What are you doing with this kid? This kid don't look like you, you know? And you have to say, this isn't my child. But this little kid is watching you. This kid is like seeing you tell them that you're not <laughs> their their parent. Like, I can't imagine how that would make a, a, a child feel and how you get over, how you overcome that barrier because you, you're going to know. I mean, you're going to ask questions, especially when you get home. And I don't know how that makes you feel, you know? But my whole point of it, or what it kind of shocked me about, we sit here and we talk about how, wow, how could they have a government that would, you know, basically take the majority of its population, which is black people, and lay all these rules down. And for a long, long time up until the 19, late 1980s, Right. Early nineties, that that that's the government that pretty much ran that country. Yeah, you know where you basically, if you were black, you had to be gone somewhere before the sunset, or you get arrested. Mm -hmm. And then people don't forget that it wasn't what fifty, sixty years ago in the United States where right. you'd be caught somewhere at sundown and get lynched. Right. You know that in less than a hundred years ago, every Sunday during the springtime and summer. They was lynching black folks, That's you know, right. in in the nineteen twenties and thirties. Yeah. And in nineteen fifties too, they had Sunday get togethers at the church where they would lynch black people. Yeah. So we really need to understand that this racism that we face and stuff here is it's not just it's not just here. It's not just in right. America. Everybody is facing it's, it. It's in, in it's way. in in it's all it's in Europe, it's in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. It, my thing is, how are you going to be racist against black people in Africa? And that's what was it's, going on. Which is crazy to me because you got racists here in in the U.S. telling us to go back to Africa. But in parts of Africa, you got racists there telling them you can't be black in these areas. Or you can't be black doing this. Or you can't be black being a comedian or whatever it was that they had going on. But it's it's crazy. It's like, where do you, you kick? My whole <laughs> it's thing. just like the lake. This is like the, the Clippers coming to the Lakers turf and saying, you know what? It's our house now. Like, mm. uh, no. But that's my whole point of us saying that, you know, we really need to really enjoy and stand up for our rights, our freedoms. Because, like, like we just had a situation where the very fundamental, pre the very fundamental pretense of our democracy was put to the test in this election, where mm. pretty much people basically said that uh, we don't have to, you know, that they didn't want everybody's vote to count, you know, and, right, right, and the first thing they do is tell you, well, these votes in these particular areas, black areas, don't count. Right. These mail-in ballots for these black districts don't matter. And the sad part is they're trying to make it seem like every black person that went out and voted in this election was fraudulent. Do not let what people try to feed you on the news and all this other stuff stop you from speaking up because right. they could tell you that, oh, America would never let this stuff go down. America is a land of the free, home of the... Man, we we just had a whole situation where a whole election was held, and the winner of that election still hasn't been acknowledged by a majority of the lawmakers in the other party. Ooh, what you saying? So, 
and once again, we talking about a party that's uh, the Democratic Party basically being mostly 90% of the black people that are elected in Congress are Democrats. Right. I really, I think it's higher than that, but I'm just saying over 90% of us that are in political authority that have power positions of power in the government are part of the Black National Caucus through the Democratic Party. Right. So my whole point is when they ask you why we all vote Democrat and everything else, question that. But my whole point is there's a reason this is the way it is. There's a reason that we have to go out and we have to make sure that we support those that are out there taking care of that so we don't have a situation where they, you know, we have a lock now in black areas. Meanwhile, these Trump supporters are out doing other stuff and they're not locking them down. Right. You know, right. when we were out protesting George Floyd, they had the National Guard out. They had all these people out shutting these cities down and everything else. These Trump supporters are out protesting and violence is breaking out, and I don't see the National Guard nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't see no tanks. I don't see no tear gas, and I don't see no rubber bullets. Mm-hmm. So that lets you know that, hey, man, this is a whole different situation, and we need to really pay attention to that because we don't want to have a whole situation where that clock gets turned back on us. I mean, even with, uh, you know, in St. Louis, we had a situation where there was a husband and wife, and they happened to be like a prominent couple, couple, uh, I guess, uh, within the St. Louis area. But they decided, you know, people were just rallying down the street, going down the street, passing their house. But they were all up in arms thinking, okay, these people are trying to come on our property, steal our stuff, get inside our house, which they were not trying to do. But they are on their front line with guns, like literally aiming them at crowds of people, you know. And you have people out here that even try to make that, make an excuse for it of why it was, it was okay. But the truth of the matter is, is I know if, I, you know, hey, and, and I don't like to, you know, I really don't like to get too into it. Because, I, you know, I know sometimes it makes me a little uncomfortable and, and hot under the collar. But, you know, you can see you can see where if that was something that is done in, in other parts of town or in other areas of town, you can definitely see where it, it was wrong to surpass bringing down the law on one and not on other. Just as what he was saying as far as being in you know different rallies it's the same way with the with the gun laws and things like that so there's a whole lot that needs to change and watching this show and hearing him talk about that i thought it was really really interesting and you know i don't know if you're watching netflix like we are but we're really like kind of going through a lot of different things but this is definitely a show to watch it allows you to you know in a humorous way perspectives of different comedians that are out there um and you know it kind of brings you back down to earth when you see people are just everyday people but you know what really kind of shocks me that somebody that grew up in the in the apartheid somebody whose mom couldn't even claim him when she went to see his father somebody who literally where it was illegal to be black Mm-hmm. They get to America mm-hmm. and they see the amount of racism 
Like yeah. I, I thought, but I like he said he thought he got to New York and it was gonna be, you know, and it's the exact no, same. and this, and this, and this race. <laughs> oh, they don't like you being black in certain areas here either. Wah, so, wah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, but the saving grace of it all is look at where he's at now. Yeah, he's over. You know, there are a lot of people. You know, you can. You, the America is still the place where if you have a work ethic. You know, there might be some times where you get knocked down, but you know, if you just focus on one thing, D Smoke is is D Smoke said was he said to buy property and not jewelry. and not jewel and not jewelry, you know, and invest in yourself. It, it's time for people to get out, and it doesn't matter who you are. Start investing. Get. You know, invest in some some property. Invest in some stocks. You know, open up that business. Take some time and create wealth for yourself. I mean, that's really the way to go. I'm not saying quit your job, but I am saying in start expanding that so that you can begin building on what you have. And you don't, you know, you can create your own American dream, so to speak, quote Man, unquote. I'm just saying that, you know, first we just need to keep standing up for black issues, black um, priorities. Things we need to help our communities out. Uh, we were just in a food giveaway today, helping give away food uh, oh, yeah. with our church yeah. today. And um, whatever you can do, whether if you can't get out in the streets and rally and support, then send money to the people that are doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and just always know that you know, if we don't stand for, if we don't stand up for what we believe in, if we don't stand up for our lawmakers and our communities and our uh, our self interest as a black people, then who is gonna stand up for us? You know. So the main thing is keep your voice heard. Go out and vote, and make your dollars and cents heard. Start supporting black businesses. Start supporting people in your neighborhood. Right. Don't just you know if you know somebody that sells stuff. Don't just go to Walmart and and the snooks all the time. Support these local farmers that are black. There's a lot of them around yeah. here. And even if you don't have money to, to um, help out these, uh, whatever it is, communities or uh, businesses, share. Share their yeah. information. Just like this podcast. Share this podcast with other people that you know. You know, that helps spread the word. That helps you know, expand and get things out there, but, and that is doing your part, you know what I'm saying, and that is aiding in whatever it is, you know, your people are, are, are working on, I'm getting that look, we, y'all, we uh, gotta wrap up, so, because it's getting late. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna go ahead and wrap us up now, uh, I know, um, we just wanna give a special thank you to all the new listeners that are out there listening to us, thank you, thank special you. thank you to Pastor Snyder, um, Thank you to uh, Quicken Loans. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Helping a brother out. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, we're not, uh, hey, 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 we are not hey, soliciting or not, anything hey, for them. I'm not. We don't, we're not hey, a spokesperson. They didn't, we're they not didn't, hey, they didn't pay for me to say that, but I'm just saying, man, they, <laughs> brother was trying to get a loan on the house, and oh my God, I babe. didn't know if it was going to happen, and they stepped up. So, oh my God, baby! But thank you very much. <laughs> I want to give uh, special special shouts out to again, like he said, all new listeners. We love you, um, and a special shout out to um, 
uh, oh man. Oh shoot. It was just in my mind. I just forgot. It was just in my head. Uh, oh, all new supporters that have gone to Instagram, Nina English 180. Thank you. I'm seeing uh, new likes and new things uh, pop up there. So I appreciate it. Uh, again, go go there. Check out our website, Nina English Organics.com. But I just thank everybody that is supporting. Um, anything else you have to say? Oh, well, good night, everyone. And good night. And be blessed. <laughs>